The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good takes. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, this is the Homance Chronicles, and I am Sarah. And I'm Nicole. And uh, you always know it's going to be a good time with a guest when you have something in common just from knowing <laughs> each other's names and where they come from. At this point, I, this might be the most that you hear me talk in this episode. <laughs> It is really fun, though, to have uh, an Armenian sister on the show because um, her and Sarah already are like tied at the hip here. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to welcome. Know. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> well, we just have common experiences, you know, yeah. like to be validated. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to welcome sex, love and relationship coach Suzanne Nigerian. Hello. Hello. Hey. Glad to be here, you guys. We're really excited to have you here. Yeah. So I, we kind of started, I'm just going to jump right in because I'm so excited to ask you these questions since you are from the same culture as I am. And um, I, I'm making the assumption, but did you grow up a Catholic as well? Yes, I did. I grew up Catholic. Would you, am I venturing, I'm going to venture to say that your upbringing with Catholicism kind of landed you here by chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a way you could say that. That's right okay yeah so that's cool <laughs> i'm looking at her background and she's got yeah. tall candles and i'm just making sure there's no like jesus candle back there so oh yeah no. <laughs> oh, jesus. no no but um so you are armenian you weren't you weren't um like brought up in a traditional armenian household but you're like the kind of ethnic that I am where it's like, you've had a lot of those traditional values instilled in you. And then you're like modern era type stuff, maybe sometimes happened, but most of the time, maybe it didn't. Other times it could have just been lost altogether on you. Cause you didn't know. Mm-hmm. So how did you, how did you end up going, you know, going from where you were, what I have to assume is how you were brought up to where you, how'd you get here now? Like, right, right. What's your origin story? <laughs> Well, I was raised Catholic and I definitely had that, you know, be a good girl, you know, yeah. keep your legs closed, be a good girl, but be a good girl in all the ways, right? Like be a good daughter, you know, um, all those things very much. And I do think, you know, having um, my dad's Armenian and, um, you know, it was, it was fairly repressive in that it like anything that like showed your figure at all was really like you could not go out of the house like that yeah at all um and you know you felt that growing up there's no doubt and you you it was not like my education about sex was detailed it was like here's a book go to your room you know it was very very late in fact I was like the last kid in my class to learn like about the birds and the bees and I mean like sixth grade and I remember like being the last one to know I feel like there's my origin story right there was like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I asked a really one of those really embarrassing questions in class. I had no idea what the teacher was referring to, like seagull reproduction or something. And I was, I had it so wrong and I was so mortified. She said, go home and ask your mom, you know? Yeah. Like I had the same experience. I was just having this conversation the other day with somebody because, you know, politics are happening right now where there's like, they don't want people to do sex ed for children, be, you know, at age whatever like four to five fourth grade to fifth grade I'm like 
that was the only education I had. And had I not had it, I would have bled through my pants. I would have known how to put a tampon in. Like all of these things I learned from school, I did not learn them from my parents. It was very taboo. Right. So like, you know, that sort of ethnic thing, I think that's part of it. <laughs> I do too. I, I was, my, I mean, my mom was so embarrassed and my dad just never, ever, ever, like just didn't acknowledge anything. And yeah. even now, like, um, you know, when family members get into new relationships, even like a new boyfriend, he's like, that's none of my business. Right. <laughs> well, my like, dad wasn't, thankfully my dad was protective. He was oh, mm-hmm. um, Armenian and Hungarian. So he wasn't full. Mm-hmm. It was just you know another version of crazy, I guess, at the end of the day. But he wasn't as I think he was such an anxious dad in terms of like being so nosy that mm-hmm. forced him to ask the questions that made him incredibly uncomfortable. Um, and then like, was your mom sort of ethnic too, or was she just a white lady? Uh, you know, Irish American, so also very okay. Catholic, right. And, okay, yeah. So you, yeah, we're yeah. Italian and, so. and going even a generation back there was one of those like oopsie we better get married pregnancies in the family so like okay a lot of just like oh god you know just locking it down yeah didn't happen so when I went on to be get into relationships like I didn't I mean first of all who is taught like to speak up for what we want in in a relationship never mind in bed I mean it just wasn't anywhere no. so like you know, that those first sexual experiences that I, I was really lucky to have like a really sweet first boyfriend. And we sort of fumbled our way through, but I didn't know to ask for what I wanted. I didn't even know I was supposed to want anything except to please the guy. Right. Like, right. I don't get pregnant. You're good. You know, oh man. Right. Like times that was, we lived in. Right. That was as good the as times we lived. you could get. And <laughs> that played out in relationship after relationship and on into my marriage. Where, you know, as like when the time to like, one of the things I've learned from what I do now is when you find someone you can really open up to and like really start to feel emotionally deeply safe with, that's when the shit comes up. So that's when the, a lot of times the sexuality starts to go sideways in a relationship. And so when that happened, I did not know what to do. I just, when, when normal stuff that comes up when you're in a safe committed relationship started to come up. I was lost and I tried to sort of fumble my way around. I knew I didn't want to lose our connection, but I went to like, honestly, I went to like, I started just seeking out specialists. We went to couples therapists. We went to all kinds of people to kind of help us. But I don't think in the end, either of us could ever get past our backgrounds. Yeah. Really. And, And so late in the marriage, after having two kids, I just decided like, I'm going to figure this out. And so I, by then, there were things online. And so I just started looking and, and studying. And I was like, all right, well, even if we can't figure it out together, I'm going to start studying what I can do for myself. I mean, good for you. Um, was that difficult for your codependency? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a way, but in a way, like at that point, I was just so I'd given up, I'd given up. Um, yeah. And I was like, you know, look, we've tried to talk about this any number of ways. I mean, I just was like, I got to have something for me. And I think it changes after you have kids. You're like, you really like this body is mine. It can do that. It can like make a little human. So like, I got to sort this thing out. <laughs> <laughs> if I can push out a human or two, I must be able to like find something deeper. Right. And, right. and so I started looking at, I've always been one of the people who studied religious traditions and spiritual traditions of all kinds. And so sorry, I was like, there must be some way to connect the 
the spiritual traditions with not obviously Catholicism, right? With sexuality. <laughs> and that's right. definitely not that religion. And so I started looking at Tantra and Taoism as places that like thought that like sexual energy basically turn on was like the fuel for life. Okay. You said two different things. You said Tantra and then another thing. Taoism, like T-A-O-I-S-M, right? Um, which is essentially the religious branch that's connected to like traditional Chinese medicine, acupuncture, all those things. And um, I already knew that I loved like going to the acupuncturist and help me have my babies. So I knew that that was a thing. Yeah. But yeah. I did. And like, if you same with um, even Tai Chi, right? They talk about your chi as this energy that you can work with and move. But what I didn't know was it like turn on is chi, is energy, and that you could actually use it to like, so what kind of happened was I was like, oh, I've got this energy. I've got this creative energy. It's turn on, it's aliveness. It's what can make a baby. It's what can make an orgasm. Let me see what happens if I just start like working with it, amping it up, working with orgasm and pleasure as a way to like create more aliveness in my life. And I ended up, I tend to take things to extremes. I took it to such <laughs> and it ended up like truly and this is not the case I try and help people I work with to have it be less extreme but I just blew up my whole life I was like oh my god look what look what like how much power we're sitting on as women that we don't have any idea like from like I don't even know how to speak up about what I want in the bedroom to like you know minutes long orgasms and like sort of spiritual emotional pleasure power that can like transform your life i was like woo and i just was like this is so cool you just got swept away I swept away I, mean, I, I ended up studying it like for years okay so how long then have you been doing this i've been doing this about three or four years professionally okay and the training was about two years itself um i'm kind of a nerd about you know coaching is a completely unregulated field and so I really wanted to like have a solid foundation um, of knowing that because what happens, especially when we're working with women, but all of us really is as soon as we start opening our sexuality, a lot of us have some either low level or high level trauma that we're working. Oh with. yeah, absolutely. I think that everybody has trauma, right? A hundred percent, especially women. Right. hundred percent. And so I knew if we're going to open this up, it has to be safe for people because you don't want to just open people up and be like, go for it. And then have things come up that overwhelm them and have it be unsafe. Right. And so I really, I was a bit of a nerd about, I want this to be really, really something that can be safe because the idea is like, you know, most of us think about going to therapy or doing any kind of self-development work like that is like hard work. And in this kind of work, it's my general idea is it should be about three parts pleasure to one part discomfort. Like meaning that like a lot of my homework from the coaching is self-pleasure practices, is self-touch practices, even if they're not specifically sexual, is like reconnecting to our body. But when we do that, the trauma can, doesn't always show up. And right. how to heal it really, really gently with pleasure as opposed to like digging in there and having it be like, you know, this big catharsis where we revisit all the worst things instead, like laying down new sort of pathways in the body for pleasure and learning how to find our way back to them. And then eventually talk to our partners about them. And so it's a whole different place. It's like going back to the beginning and saying like this body that I overrode when I was just trying to like fumble my way through, if I really connect to it, 
what would it be like to have sex from that place? And it's a game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sounds like it. One of the ways that you are described or you describe yourself maybe is as a sacred sexuality teacher. And Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I didn't quite know what that meant, but it's from your description. Now I understand. Um, Because we've had several different types of uh, coaches on who I would say specialize in sex in some capacity. Um, But it was just interesting the way that you had, I guess, positioned yourself or like the words that you choose to describe what you do, because you also talk about um, recovery. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that means like recovery from the trauma that you're like talking about, or if there's some other form of recovery. Obviously, I think of like, AA and things like that when you talk about recovery. So, you know, can you just clarify, I guess, for me and anybody else who I, who goes digging deeper, like what that means? Yeah. So for me, it can be any kind of recovery, but what I found was that people who want, I mean, trauma recovery is there for all of us, but also for most women, drinking is mixed up with sex. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people want to come to me because they've sometimes they've stopped drinking or they've gotten a handle on their drinking or they've moderated, or even they just look back at their younger years and they're like, Oh God, you know, like a lot, (laughs) you know, a lot of shit happened. Not all of it was good. And my theory is that, you know, that good girl, bad girl thing, right. Is so intense for women. And so we're so like, the idea is like, you have to be a good girl. And the only way the bad girl really gets out is if we like get a little drunk not always. Right. But like, it right, can right. be like, then all of a sudden that other side comes out and, the, but so does our, but with that lowering of inhibitions can be a lowering of judgment. Sometimes shit happens. It's great. Sometimes maybe it was great, but I'm not really sure. I was, I did stuff. Maybe I, part of me wanted to do part of me didn't. Right. And so for, for a lot of people, there's a revisiting, there's a recovery of our past. There's a recovery of who we are as people. A lot of people do come to me because once they either stop using just because they got older or they stop drinking for other reasons, um, they find that those experiences need to be readdressed. So what maybe seemed okay at the time doesn't anymore, or it's just right. like they can still feel it in their body. One of the most amazing things I experienced recently with a client was she did not come to me for trauma work at all. She just wanted to have more um, aliveness in her marriage with her husband. And the, I always love to ask the husbands or the partners, like, what change did you see? And he was like, the trauma's not there anymore. And so you're more open to me. And like, it wasn't like, oh, we're having more sex or we're having better sex. Like he saw more of her present to the relationship because she, well, in the course of our work together, we would just really gently like moved that response to the side that was standing in the way of wanting sex. Mm-hmm. So all kinds of things can be in there. Yeah, I feel like it's linked because you look at it the way it's going to be weird to say this, but like serial killers, you look at the way they sexualize some of their victims and, you know, get their wires have been crossed. I don't know how it even happens, but like, that's just the way they express their trauma. And it's crazy that it's a sexual thing and that you don't necessarily have to go through cognitive therapy or some sort of crazy other therapy. You can sit with your thoughts and, and heal from within. It's neat. Right. And in this case, we, we just sat with the sensations of the body that like, when I think about having sex, what comes up and felt and 
a lot of the work I do is just really slowing people down and just asking like, what are you feeling in your body? And we're just not used to doing that. In fact, even like one of my biggest challenges was like, how do I just get out of like the mind chatter when I'm having sex? Like just the constant yapping that went on in my head and how do I even <laughs> learn to drop in and like feel what's going on. And a lot of times I didn't want to, because then when I did, it was awkward or I wanted him to do something different. I didn't know how to communicate it, or I didn't even really know what I wanted. And it was just all kind of mixed up. So slowing way down. And that's where doing it alone, doing your practices alone, where, where it's like, I, I don't have to think about another person and another agenda and really finding out like, oh, this is what feels good to me, or this is what's standing in the way of, of like even experiencing most of us have a greater capacity for discomfort than we do for pleasure. Yeah. I feel like that's true for me yeah. as I'm going through all of this crazy stuff. It's <laughs> being allowed to like accepting the fact that it's okay to feel good from somebody else's touch like that. It's just like, yeah, I would say like within the last five years, it's been, I'm still working on it because it's been so I've been so ingrained that like it's just you shouldn't do that kind of stuff how dare you take you know practice any it just you shouldn't it's not even something I can speak about because it's like so jumbly still but right it's crazy it's crazy it's crazy and it's in all of us to some degree yeah and like I didn't realize how bad it was until I started you know looking inward and then we started healing a lot more now that we have all the opportunities that we have to meet folks like you. So it's just like, just words were so taxing on me as a small human. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, exactly. And, and then how to even bring that out into relationship is like a whole other layer. Yeah. Right. It's like, how do we then even identify what's going on and then articulate How do we let ourselves have more, pleasure not just in bed right but in life not just rush past the things that feel good so like when okay so you're kind of laying out how people can go from where they're at today by just starting with listening to themselves talking to themselves touching themselves pleasing themselves what is like if somebody really truly wants to tackle this what is their maybe next step would you recommend? It depends a lot on where people want to go, but I would say um, in terms of deepening your own sexual experience, it's, there's sort of three basic things. One would be to like, I, you know, it's a good question. Are we talking about healing? Are we talking about better sex? Because they kind of go hand in hand, right? With healing, a lot of the times it's being really, really present in like, so like, let's say in self-pleasure, in masturbation, like being so present to what's coming up and just noticing it slowing way, way, way down and noticing like, what are, are there negative thoughts about my body? Are there negative thoughts about my relationship? Are there, you know, who I am? And then the idea with sacred sexuality is to take the turn on to like get even just light turn on and then start introducing the opposite, right? So like really like looking in the mirror and really, really expressing self-love, even if you're just faking it, being like, I am the fucking goddess. I am the shit. Look how beautiful I am. Like, look how amazing this is. And starting to like find the areas because we all look in the mirror and we go right to that spot we don't like, right? And to find the places that, that are beautiful, 
and to just start celebrating them, to start celebrating them in other women, to start. I remember when I first started going on Tantra retreats and other retreats for trainings and I would come home and I would go to the gym and I was like, oh, look at her. She's the goddess too. And she is too, like to see our (laughs) own like innate beauty. Whereas before we, there is that low grade, either competition or picking at people or thinking, oh, I wish I had those, whatever, that part. Like, I wish I looked like her or, um, and to start thinking like, oh, actually like this is an expression of perfection. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever done this where you look back to a, a younger self and you're like, what did I have to complain about? Like, look how great I looked then. Yeah. And, and I, but we're going to look back at this stage too, you know, and oh, so yeah. rather than do it then to do it now and be like, wow, like this is amazing. And so like actually actively counter them, but without, without, if you do that without acknowledging them, like, oh, wow, like I really, whatever, hate this body part just to actually like notice that to notice like who taught me to hate my stomach who who put that idea in my head who does that serve who's who's served by diet culture who's making the money from diet culture and then slowing down and just finding what i can love about it and so with with turn on with like arousal right our brains light up in this crazy way where we're so receptive to information so if we introduce these ideas we consciously decide like I'm going to devote this self-pleasure practice to loving my body to like thinking I'm beautiful to thinking I'm hot and then introduce those ideas the way the brain lights up with arousal it really absorbs ideas quickly that's why some of the early experiences we had with sex got in so deep and stuck in so hard (laughs) because the brain is just lit up like a sponge and it just takes everything and that's why that's why people whose like whole sex ed is learned by porn have like wiring that's really connected to that kind of sex because our, our first experiences are so absorbed so deeply. So just to consciously introduce the opposite idea, like I'm safe, I'm loved, I'm beautiful, whatever it is, I'm worthy. And to actually tell ourselves that. And at first it can feel really fake. And so it's like listening to both sides and knowing like, oh, maybe this feels fake but to sort of stay with it, to gently sort of keep reintroducing these ideas. And then it, it can be so powerful. I always say like how we are in bed is how we are in life. And so if we can do it sort of here with my own body, with my own pleasure, it's kind of crazy. Like I've had people quadruple their incomes and like find relationships. We, you kind of never know where people are going to go with it because once we kind of connect to this core life energy, this guy's kind of the limit. Yeah. I mean, one of the, um, yes. well, I, I guess I have two things. One of the things that you talked about is like recognizing that you're having a negative thought and then countering it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I counter it, but not in a healthy way. <laughs> <laughs> as, a, like, as far as examples. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's funny because you said like your stomach or whatever. So like, that's my one area of my body that I'm not always happy with. And then when I like have one of those moments, I'll counter it sometimes with, do you know how many people would love to have a body like mine? Which I don't know if that's healthy or not, but it helps me. I don't see that as being unhealthy. It's not the best form. Like it's better to just be like, my stomach is fine the way it is and I should love myself the way I am and like say those things. But instead I'm like, meh, 
you know people want people want this so I'm gonna keep it yeah (laughs) (laughs) or like um a lot of men will tell me that I'm sexy and I think a lot of that has to do with more of an energy that happens Mm -hmm. in the bedroom than necessarily my body type specifically or it's a combination of the both I mean obviously like I have big boobs and stuff so Sarah's giving me a stare down (laughs) (laughs) but I feel coming from a person built like a 13 year old boy (laughs) appreciate your curves please thank you Uh, so then I'll also counter it with like what's wrong with me men think I'm sexy you know so like like I have countering thoughts they're probably just not the best (laughs) countering thoughts I would say they're a step in the right direction right (laughs) we want our gratitude to be just wholehearted But if we start with like other people can appreciate this so I can or other people might want this so I can. And it's also really reflective of how we're taught as women, like how other people see us is how we're defined. You never hear a guy say that. And if you listen, there are these fascinating studies on the way little girls and little boys are complimented. And so you'll hear a boy like you hit the ball really far, but the little girls told you're so pretty. Yeah. Performance versus visuals. Right. So, yeah, yeah. So why would we not judge ourselves by based on like, well, I think they see me this way, so I can see me that way too. But it's a doorway in. It's a start, and that's why to to flip it and look in the mirror and say like this: these curves are like the goddess, you know. And mm-hmm. like, there's plenty of slender, athletic goddesses too, you know. All, like, <laughs> the, the goddess has many faces, right? Many yeah. types. There's there's women are like this infinite expression of beauty and women are such an amazing source of beauty. And so like to start turning towards ourselves with some of that love and also to turn towards our sisters with some of that, like the gym experience of like, wow, she's beautiful in a totally different way than me. And she's beautiful. And that means I can be too. And she can be too. And to start, and it, it takes a lot of that because the energy it takes to constantly be tearing ourselves down keeps us really stuck right it does it really does I find myself wanting to compliment women at the gym that I go to all the time when I'm there like oh you're doing great oh you know keep it up you looks great things like that but I feel like at this day and age it's not acceptable to compliment strangers like that without people thinking there's some strange situation going on with you or you know, there's some ulterior motive or just like not appreciating the compliment itself. So it becomes this thing where it's like, maybe it's not even worth it to say it. I'll just think it, which is a problem. I don't know. I'm with you. I compliment everybody all the time. And I try to, but some you know, days it's hard. If they, don't, if they don't appreciate it, nah, they'll live. Like they got a compliment they didn't want, they'll survive, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. I like, know. The worst thing that happened to me today is somebody complimented me. Right. <laughs> Come on. Exactly. And it's like, you know, So my second thing, because I mentioned I had two things. The second thing is, um, which I've talked about a little bit, I think, in other episodes, possibly, um, is using a yoni wand to, Mm. like, kind of massage, I'm going to say knots, in quotes here, massage (laughs) knots um, out of, like, the inside of your vagina, because those trap stress and trauma and things similarly to like you having a knot in your shoulders and so that was one thing that I had learned in a in a separate workshop was um there's there's certain ways that sex could be um painful for you and 
it's not just because it's like that position it's because there's like stuff stored in you isn't that mind-blowing it truly is like i still like as the words come out of my mouth i'm like is that right (laughs) right it's right and have you ever had like a massage where they like get a knot in your shoulder and you start like crying and you're like where did that come from so Nicole, my birthday's coming up. I'll take a wand. Cheaper uh-huh. one is fine. That's no big deal. I'll pay the difference if you want to get me the fancy one. Well, <laughs> no, you need to have like a crystal yoni wand. You can't have a fake, like maybe glass, but no, you need a crystal one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone but- listening, this is something that you can explore. It can- glass is fine. Crystal is fine. Some <laughs> of the really heavy stone ones are too heavy i will say don't like forget nicole's super bougie sorry just had to disclaimer that one really quickly hey there's mine yeah the bougie dildo like that's the thing <laughs> mine Nicole's is rose quartz because it signifies love and it's pretty yeah. that's right. <laughs> right on oh yeah so i i mean it's just it's very interesting to me um that there's a lot of emphasis on kind of like working these things out on your own. Right. And so the Yoni wand and I guess maybe I didn't do a very good job of describing it, but it is, it kind of looks like a dildo in a way. Um, It's not technically shaped like a penis though. Um, And it's pretty smooth and there's varying sizes and types and whatever. Um, And then there's, the idea of doing yoni mapping which goes along with it where you're like journaling and um really being diligent about like working your way around inside right um so what are some other things that women can do that can help them experience pleasure but um can kind of also keep their mind busy at the same time while they're working through this stuff. Because again, turning off the chatter. Right. <laughs> it's all next to fucking impossible. Let's be honest. <laughs> I'd actually don't have that problem, but I do like having the only one as an activity mm-hmm. as something for me to focus on sometimes. And it's not even that I'm looking for an orgasm or something pleasurable at the end is it's to help me out long-term. Um, but I know a lot of women can't shut off their brain and need some sort of activity or something to help them stay focused. Right. Well, there's a couple of things in there I can say. One is, this is a perfect segue, because if you go to my website, SuzanneNagerian.com, I'm sure you guys will link it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. There's a, you can, the first pop-up gives you a download that walks you through an exercise to, to the similar to what you're talking about, that it connects us to our pleasure. It helps get you out of your head. It helps connect you to your body. So that's just a simple 10 minute exercise you can do. You can do what you're describing, even with your fingers, just to touch all the areas. If you go around from the opening of the vagina in and just touch the different areas and just hold your finger there. And you would do this with some turn on, but again, you're not looking necessarily for that orgasm. You're looking to just see where is their tension? Where is their pain? And you're just holding your finger or the wand or whatever, and just holding presence to the sensation, even if you're not like, it's not like a knot in your shoulder. I mean, it's a great, it's a great analogy, but it might not feel like tense. It might just feel painful or tender or even sting mm-hmm. and just holding pre- and they release. And then it's incredible how much numbness 
people can, women can lose out of their vaginas that creates so much more sensation. So I would say, you know, introducing the idea that you can re, re, uh, connect right neural pathways to create more pleasure by doing what you're describing and to have some practices where I think it's a really great practice in general to set orgasm as a goal aside every once in a while and just see what the body has to offer with touch. Um, and, and also how long, so like a lot of times we're just kind of getting the job done with masturbation. How long can I expand the space between turn on and orgasm? Because again, that speaks to that pleasure tolerance um, that we want to the, expand the area of pleasure between touching ourselves and orgasm and see how much pleasure can I tolerate? Just you know, touching myself in different ways, exploring different parts of the body, just giving myself a head to toe, like oil massage and just experiencing all of my skin, right? Not just kind of like down and dirty, get it over with can really change things and to, to start introducing these sorts of ideas into our pleasure. Also to really be present to our emotions that come up because a lot of the mind chatter is covering up, you know, emotions that, uh, you know, I don't know if have either of you guys ever experienced where you like have an orgasm and then you just burst into tears. No, I have with a boyfriend, mm-hmm. but yeah, I wouldn't say that it happens like it wouldn't happen with like a stranger ever because like I'm so good at compartmentalizing. <laughs> like it wouldn't happen with somebody that I'm like casually seeing. Not today, bitch. Turn it down. <laughs> but yeah, with like with a serious uh partner, then you're more vulnerable and you're more open and or like maybe conversations or other things that you had had during the day are coming into play. Um, so I think it's happened to me once or twice. It's not happened often, but I could see myself being more on the verge of having an emotional uh, response in that situation. Right. I, you know, as a, as a woman in my late thirties, I've had a lot of sex where there's not been a partner. And so you almost kind of train yourself sometimes to like, not have that emotional, right. Like barrier breakdown. Yes, exactly. But when they're, and and it speaks to different kinds of sex, right. And different kinds of reasons and partners, but when there is safety for whatever reason, sometimes there can be a big emotional response. Yeah. And it's similar to the, to the tension you're talking about inside the pussy is that the uh, emotions can be stored too. And there can be a lot of release. And so a lot of times for me, I think the mind chatter was keeping me away from the emotional experience. Mm. Once I gave myself permission to just even be by myself and have whatever feelings come up and can be anger. It can be, um, you know, it can be tears. It can be a lot of things that we kind of store just sort of emotional experiences we couldn't express at the time connected to sexual experiences or not, because there is something sort of magical about the way, um, you know, the, the tissue inside the, the pussy literally is the most absorbent tissue in the body. And I kind of like to think of it as sort of emotionally absorbent too. And if we're having emotional experiences that we're compartmentalizing, sometimes they can be released later. And that brings more sensation. It brings more ability to bring more depth into sex. It's kind of crazy how much 
can go on in terms of just relating to our own sexuality. And once that starts to move and be something we have access to, pleasure access increases also. And so allowing yourself permission to just play around with that. Like what would happen if I gave myself permission to just get like really freaking angry while I was even masturbating or really sad or just let emotions flow. And it can, it opens up like the Tao is talking about it as like freshness. Like if it's stagnant, if we have a lot of blocked emotions or blocked experiences, like just like those, those tight muscles, if we start to let it start things flow, more pleasure opens up. That's when I really honestly started having orgasms where I was like, whoa, what was that? <laughs> I, was like, I didn't even know I was capable of that. It was like through a long pathway of like really being willing to like let it mostly by myself, really like let it all hang out, really let myself just express whatever way. So I've got one last question for you before we move into Atta Girl. Sarah, do you have any questions? I'm just like, just taking uh, yeah, it all I got in. plenty. I'm just taking it all in though. <laughs> <laughs> Watching your face, Sarah, is so awesome. <laughs> you have my undivided attention, which, you know, um, all of our guests typically do, but like I am in it. <laughs> um. So this is actually a sample question that was provided, but I think that it's really important um, because what we're talking about today is at varying comfort levels for different people. So how does one know if they're ready to explore sacred sexuality? That's a great question. I would say the main thing is if you have a trauma history, that you have done some talk therapy about it so that you're not coming to this work to drop into the body without having explored verbally with a therapist what's what's happened right yeah i mean blind that's the main level and so for the most part people feel really comfortable right telling me anything and but knowing that like holding safety and doing things slowly and carefully is my first priority. Like I like to joke around about picking kind of a little bit of a wild woman and going for it, but with clients, people feeling like they are ready to right take relationships to the next level, take sex to the next level, take, you know, finding a relationship really seriously, whatever it is to look at that part of their lives that a lot of people kind of put in a box. And so, you know, you're ready if you have done any talk therapy about trauma and you really want to, to, to explore what's out there and knowing that it could, like we were talking about, bring up feelings and that we'll do that in a safe way, but that, you know, this is a lot of power sits in our sexual energy. And so a lot of people know they're ready when they know they're, they want access to that and not just keep in a box anymore. I was actually that I'm happy you asked that question and brought that up because that was something I wrote down is that you, you tend to go through a lot. And if you're healing trauma, there's got to be some sort of cognitive situation. So it's not you <laughs> now that I, <laughs> now that you answered, you, you do recommend that people go to another source of therapy in conjunction with your own so that yeah. they're not stuck in a weird place. Well, if they've, it, not necessarily, if, if they've already done some talk therapy around it, 
then usually we don't have to do it concurrently. If I feel like somebody needs to do it concurrently, if what, you know, what we talk about when we first meet, then I'll suggest people do both. But as long as they've already done some, we can work together in terms of trauma resolution. I'm not a trauma resolution specialist, but I also very much recognize that the world we live in as women, everybody's kind of got something, right? (laughs) You're just a realist. (laughs) Right, I'm a realist. And also, even if we don't have a memory of something, a lot of people are afraid something has happened to them because we feel it in our bodies, but we live in a sexually violent world. We live in a world where things are normalized that should not be normalized. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of people are just afraid to open this up because they're afraid of what's there. And we can do that together. I was terrified to do this work. I just also am like a sort of a head on, let me take things head on kind of a person, but I was so scared of what I would find. And what I ultimately found was far more beautiful and lovely and pleasure filled than I ever expected. I expected to find deep, dark, horrible things. Sometimes there are deep, dark, horrible things, but you're still here though. You're still I mean, here. It didn't kill you. Right. That's right. Right. That's right. And once people have done some talk therapy and they know that, then they're pretty much ready to do other work. Clearly yeah. I've done a lot. <laughs> 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 I'm like, you know, it hasn't killed me yet. So, uh, um, just thank you so much for kind of expanding our awareness and knowledge of what this whole world is and what it means. And, you know, when you're talking about this unharnessed energy that women have, um, it's just even a really good reminder because I think a lot of women get very caught up in their calendar, their schedule of things they need to do, the drop off and pick up, like they've become uh, the the chauffeur, they've become the chef, they've become all of these things that um, are, are not necessarily part of who they are in their identity. Um, and they just kind of like lose connection. So it's, it's really refreshing to hear you say that these that you're focusing on things that are three fourths pleasurable and one fourth, like maybe painful. Like that's very reassuring. And that's that, exciting. You know, yeah. And that it's also something that uh, women can do on their own. And so if they are divorced or never been married or whatever the case may be um, that they don't need a partner to go through this. Right. Right. And in fact, the ideally, even when people come to me specifically with problems in their marriage, I always have people start with themselves first, men and women. I have them start with themselves first because it's just so much more complicated to have somebody in the room. And it's so, there's so much can be lost in, like you said, not just in the society we live in and the messages we get, but also in the day-to-day routine and rush of life. And, you know, we like to think of, pleasure and sexual pleasure as this beautiful oasis, but for a lot of people it isn't. And right. what if it could be? What if it could be this amazing thing that we can return to, to know the truth of ourselves and then have much more consciousness to bring that and share it with another person and feel safe and confident and beautiful doing that. I want us all to have that. Yeah. I'm just so excited you're here to give it to us because I I, I really am like passionate about this. Can you tell? Yes. I want people to have this. I thought it was gone forever for me. I just thought I will never have sex again. Mm -hmm. I like 
just thought it was gone. And I was like, I'm damned if I'm going to let that happen. There has to be something out there. And it turns out there's thousands of years of tradition of women knowing that there was something really magical and powerful about their sexuality and working with it like, like the Yoni wands. And there's also something called the Jade egg that I teach and Mm -hmm. other tools that can bring back so much aliveness to the truth of who we are, not a performative sexuality, not like what I think I should look like when I'm turned on, but like what's really true. And PS people's partners, whoever their partners are, Oh my God. When they start seeing a woman in her honest, authentic turn on, there is nothing they're drawn to more I've always wanted to like have this access, right. To like, it's a huge gift to show authentic turn on to our partners. And mm-hmm. almost without exception, I mean, I occasionally have husbands like pop their head in the zoom screen and be like, thank you. I love you. <laughs> because she's That's awesome. Happier. She's connected to her pleasure and they know how magical that is. Our partners know. So yeah. When they're, they truly love you, they see it. And that's great. Yeah. It's amazing. I just have so many more questions. I feel like we need to have you back because <laughs> I love, I love like the history of sexual beings and like the really in the religious side of as- aspects of it and like spiritual. Mm-hmm. So I just, I'm thrilled. Yeah. There's deep, deep traditions there that are amazing. I continue to be amazed. How uh-huh. Not only do the religious traditions line up with each other, but a lot of times there's modern neuroscience and, and ancient tradition line up right it's, I'm such a geek about that, you know, which I can appreciate your geek for so many different reasons on this. Like that was the other thing, like the fact that you're such a nerd about being safe and doing things the right way. Like it just instills so much more trust knowing that when people come to you, they're actually going to be taken care of. And that's like you said, nerve wracking in the whole life coach world. It has to be scary <laughs> to reach out to somebody like me and say, okay, I want to talk about sex. You know, right. it really takes a lot of courage. And so I feel like the the depth, like I want to know the scientific side. I want to know the religious side. I want to know the psychological side so that wherever we need to go, we can go there. And what's cool is that more and more the three just fold into each other and the, say the same thing, right? We know with all the new trauma studying there is. And then it turns out a lot of tantric was teaching this exact stuff all along. So how cool is that? That is mm-hmm. cool. So. Well, thank you for coming on the show today. We're going to do real quick at a girls here. Um, it's just, you know, a section of the day where we get to pat ourselves in the back for something that we did or something good that happened to us. Um, again, talking about, you know, trauma or sexual difficulties or things like that, you could easily get yourself into a spiral of negative thoughts. So we just like to end on a nice, happy, positive thought. Um, my at a girl for this week is on Saturday. I tried walk, walk. I can't even talk rock wall climbing for the first time. And, um, let me tell you how my armpits hurt. Um, <laughs> like I can't lift my arm above my head at the moment yeah. to wash my hair. Um, your finger muscles are a little sore, like random. <laughs> Random elbow <laughs> muscle spasms are happening. Yeah. Um, talking about getting in connection with your body, some muscles that I did not know were there. Could, they are screaming get. at me. Um, <laughs> and, and this uh, is after your 150th ride. 
Dang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Earlier in the week, I had my 150th spin ride, like at my cycling place. Um, so I reached that milestone, and then yeah, I went and tried a new activity that was like way out of my wheelhouse. But I didn't <laughs> hate it, you know. You didn't? I didn't hate it. I'm here so. for that answer. Well, I'll go with you. I like to do the rock climbing. Yeah, I tried. I'm a little afraid of heights, so as soon as I get up there, I'm like. Don't look down. Don't look down. <laughs> oh, you just said, that's the thing. You got that harness on. You're good. Yes, that's go. true. And coming down is really fun. That's the funnest yeah. part. Yeah. Truly, you don't think about it. <laughs> I know. My Well, my friend Jenny, I went with her and her fiance and her fiance was like doing the belaying for us. So I felt very like safe in his breaking abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like on the edge of this one side and she said she needed a break. And so she was just swinging and I'm like, I want to do that. Can I just swing in the air? Can I just go yeah. up there and then just let large me child's like adult child swing? Yeah. I know. Yeah. So I think the next thing we're going to do is aerial yoga. I'm in for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All that of these things, fun. though, all these like physical activities that are like new to my body, like are creating this, these new pathways of how my mind and my body like connect together. And so, like, <laughs> yep. it was, it was an interesting challenge for sure. But so you talk about it from like, trying to get in touch with yourself and connect with yourself and you're like wow I am (laughs) like these things really show you like how much you need to just refocus (laughs) right my bucket list is pole dancing I would like to try some of the new pole dancing classes that are out there those look like I mean those are hard work too but they look fun really hard work like super fun fun. yeah um so maybe not an girl per se but just kind of funny to to piggyback off and not being in touch with your body uh there's this at work we did this little quick study and a colleague gave me jelly bellies blind tasting and I had to guess what flavor they were and so out of four I got two sort of right um (laughs) I was listening to Adagirl 50% (laughs) No, this is just funny. I actually have a lot of Adagirls, but okay. So, okay. Was, <laughs> so uh, the first, the first two, I guessed uh, the first one was like a strawberry. And I think I guessed uh, something close to it. it was tutti frutti or and I guess strawberry. And then the second one was like a lime and I guess the right one. Um, the third one I thought was maybe a little caramel and ended up on chocolate. And the last one, I think I ended up on tutti frutti um the first the the third one that I thought was chocolate was actually watermelon so I was a little off and then (laughs) and then are you sure that you don't have lingering effects from covid (laughs) and then the fourth one I was like some tutti frutti was like kiwi flavor and then she was like so you need to be recalibrated like where does one go to to do that because (laughs) I fucked those royally she's like I've never had somebody be so far off except for myself. And I was like, well, she's like, we both have ADHD. So we're just attributing it to that. Who knows what's actually going on, but (laughs) yeah. So I might need to be recalibrated, but onto the Attagirl. So on the flip of that, I um, had an, an insanely productive day where I got up, I came home I, it was so nice out. I was able to like clear all my flower beds in the front and the back. I took care of the back patio, you know, threw some trash out, cleaned up a little bit outside, called somebody on the phone, set up a payment plan, 
uh, what else did I do? <laughs> I, I switched to, you know, I switched to payment, auto payment from one card to another so I could save some money on it. And then I ordered and started to do um, like a subscription service to some stuff for my cats, which was delivered wrong <laughs> already. <laughs> so like I got a couple things going for me. The one thing that's wrong, I'm like, okay, I can deal maybe. So hopefully it's not too difficult to resolve. But like, I'm super proud of myself because I was incredibly productive today. And I just said like, had a good mood through the whole thing, which is not very common anymore. <laughs> yeah, a little sunshine in the Detroit area can do, Almost, can do a lot for you. I was I'm describing for the sunshine sun. in Michigan, like finding the prize in a cereal box. <laughs> you go yeah. through like many, many days slash many, many bowls. And then you get it and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, and it can be very energizing. I yeah. lived in Royal Oak for a while. Oh, that's oh. where I'm at. You're kidding. Yeah, <laughs> this is my house in See. Royal Oak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sisters, sisters on every level. I yes, know. So my right. added girl is that I recently ran a, a Zoom, an online workshop for people to do like a central activation. And I really was nervous about it because I thought it takes a lot of courage for people to sign up. It wasn't explicitly sexual and it was on Zoom, but still to like invite people in to do like a classic Tantra five senses activation practice. It was really an edge for me to do it in a group where I couldn't see people. And again, I had that same concern, like, will people feel embarrassed or overwhelmed? But people loved it. People had a great time. And so I really feel like it was a totally an edge. So that's my Atta Girl. Atta Girl. Oh, yeah. I feel like if somebody's going to sign up, and commit to it like if they're if they're gonna be uncomfortable or something they probably just wouldn't show but if they show up at that point I feel like they're open I guess you're right because that's what happened people were all in and they really they really loved it so wife also too like the comfort of their own home probably Mm -hmm. made it easier for them to open up be more receptive so kudos lady thank you yeah that's awesome so tell everybody where they can find you on social and your website and everything so my social and my website are both suzanne nigerian so suzanne.nigerian on instagram is the easiest place to find me and then suzanne nigerian.com and so it's pretty much how it sounds nigerian those of us armenians we know yeah it's all phonetic it's not difficult yeah Um, (laughs) i got a lot of weird ones i know Yeah, it's and easy to find. And if you do, if you go to my website, you can find, you can just easily download a 10 minute practice to try this just to see what it's like to, to, um, to change up and use some sort of classic tantric, like change up your, your relationship to your body and your pleasure. It's kind of fun. Let's get connected. Definitely. Well, if you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe, and you can find us on Instagram at homeans underscore chronicles and on Facebook. I know I'm trying to power through on Facebook. You can join our closed group, the homeans chronicles, the judgment free zone where we share extra naughty bits. So thank you again for having us on. We are having us on. Wow. <laughs> I have, I'm, I'm like really trying to like hold off on this migraine and it's just impeding some oh some I'm sorry connection so this whole I'm, episode I've been like blip, 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 blip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry that was me last week I had one for four days straight it's because it's gonna mm-hmm. rain so anyway yeah. go, out. go follow us please <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and thank you for having me on. It was a blast talking to you guys. <laughs>